often beats really fast and, and, and sounds really loud and like it's out of control, really. And uh, it sounds really silly. But sometimes I think I'm gonna die. Well, it's actually amazing how often this happens to people. It, it's one of those things which you'd be amazed how often in any one week I come across. The good news is the reason is not normally clinical. So it's, it's more in the mind, but well, the soul, actually. Um, but it's often induced by, by panic or uh, subconscious inner turmoil. Because I am who I am, I'm able to offer you a diagnosis like no other. an operation, I'm afraid. So, um, so what I do is I, I, I put you on the operating table and I speak. My words act like a laser beam dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and they discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. No, on second thoughts, no, um, I don't think I want to write, so, uh, no, I, I don't want to write. You'll be quite safe. Yeah. <laughs> morning. How are you? How are you? All right. Morning. Morning, sir. Morning, 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 sir. Morning, morning, sir. Morning. So, today's subject, uh, the heart. Okay, uh, let's start with the basics. What is it? Pulsing blood? Yeah, it's a compulsive spasm that demands the next one. It's a life force pumping and receiving blood through our body. And yet most of the time we're completely unaware. Okay, well that's a good start. But I want you to look deeper. I want you to look behind the physical. See into the human condition. Look Beyond. And some would say the heart is the seat of the human soul. Yet most of the time we're completely unaware. Ah, and that's how I want you to look. Okay, so I have here various live specimens. So we're going to look at them so that you to help you to see as I see. We'll, we'll just start with this one over here. Okay. Is there a kind of hiding 
like a hermit crab in its shell, not wanting to see or be seen. If only he would dare to listen. I speak to him often. He would know that the key is to forgive and be forgiven. If only people would grasp the power this has for their healing. Let's move on. Let's have a look over here. Very good. You're beginning to look beyond the physical and into the deeper realms of human existence. What do you see? Oh, oh it's all shriveled. Like it's been squashed or shrunk. Uh, now, I wish. Yes. What, how would you interpret that? <laughs> now, is it because it's never been told it's love? Well, that one is actually quite right. Oh. Now, I mean, this one is actually to do with words. The lack of them are things that have been spoken against it. Like someone saying that it's small. So maybe the heart has become small. I still think it's lack of love. Yeah. It's almost like she feels she has no worth or significance or even the right to grow. It's that hiding thing again. Could it be that heart has become ashamed of itself? Yeah. She's bound by rejection and unworthiness. A lover, but she hasn't yet realised that she can receive it. This will be the remedy, but it will take faith in me as her doctor. Okay. Poisoned by bitterness. 
in need of a surgeon's knife, if we can help it all. What's that? Is that another heart latched onto it? Feeding on it, sucking on it, greedily, and killing it? It's not actually a heart, but it is something that feeds on its bitterness. It loves to drink its poison and ensure that circumstances cause it to be replenished. I will need to free her before she can even begin to be healed. It's ironic, because yesterday I had to deal with a heart that had been latched on to another heart lovingly, and it had been torn apart, ruptured, like it would never be mended. But my hope is that I can bring this heart back to a place of complete healing. But today's work is to be done. Stand aside. So let surgery begin. There are all sorts of different translations here, Mark, this morning. All sorts. sorts. Let's hear a few then, because it's only one verse. So, uh, what have we got? NIV. Let's start with NIV. That's great. Thank you. Nice and loud. Should I? (laughs) For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Just one more. Anybody got something different? Anybody got something different? Okay. Right, I think it's the New English translation. Okay. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing the soul from spirit and joints from marrow, it is able to judge the desires and thoughts of the heart. Okay, thank you. Excellent, okay. So, um, I've got to go quite quickly because I want to touch on some of the conditions that you saw in the sketch. That's where I want to get to. Um, so, it's, uh, it's um, potentially quite deep. Uh, but let God just touch those. It doesn't all apply to all of you, but you know I believe God wants to significantly touch hearts this morning. So just uh, sensitize yourself to hear what you need to hear this morning. But I'd just like to lay down a platform before I touch those conditions. Because you see, the thing is this, that Jesus loves you. Yes. At the end of the day, he, who's had an encounter with Jesus? Who would, thank you, who would like to have an encounter with Jesus who hasn't yet? Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Jesus, come and just meet with us this morning. Meet with those, Lord, who have been walking with you for years. 
but still need an encounter this morning. Meet with those who have never, ever actually discovered that you are living and active on this earth and touch them this morning. Hallelujah. Because you see, this is the thing, that his word is living and active. Wow. To be active, that word in Greek, this is where I sound a bit, I rang up my elder and checked this out, okay? It's the same word in Greek as we get the word energy. It energizes the word. So I want to just lift up two quick different metaphors of the activity of the Holy Spirit or the word of God uh, before I go to the conditions, okay? One is a sword. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Living and energized to go in with the truth. Ouch. Oh, the truth. See, the problem is, is that we want to hide in our stuff. The heart is deceitful, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, but it is. Our natural heart wants to hide. It was in the garden. We wanted to hide. We didn't want the truth. But if you are a person this morning that wants to encounter Jesus, it doesn't necessarily come all soft and cuddly. You see, Jesus was amazing. It came with love, absolute compassion. Think of the people who encountered Jesus in the, in the Bible. You know, just off the top of my head. The leper, he needed to be healed. Jesus says, he said, can I be clean? He says, are you willing to touch me? He says, I am willing, with a heart of compassion. The adulterous woman, there's so many different, that she needs to have her dignity restored. The tax collector needed to be restored to a place of worth in the community where he was despised. So many times the people who encountered Jesus heard the word of life, but they were restored. But the thing that restores us is the truth of who we are, and we're set free from the lie of what we're not. Freedom Church. Hello. It was for freedom Christ set you free. But you see, what we have to grasp is that it's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. So it goes right in and it divides soul and spirit. And it says the spirit of the Lord says this over you. Even though your soul is gripped by a sense of guilt. Even though your soul is gripped by a sense of unworthiness. The spirit says I died for you. I paid the price. And I am able to give you back what I always intended for your life before it was robbed. In the name of Jesus, this is the heart of our God. It comes through mercy, it comes through compassion, but it comes with truth. It says, I can see your heart, its thoughts, and its intentions. The intentions is the activity of the will. Yeah? What I want. So this brings me to the second metaphor that I just want to quickly lay out, and that's the parable of the sower. Think about it. Quite a lot of you will know it. Some of you may not. But here is a story about a seed. 
And the seed goes into various conditions where it can be energized or not. Same word, made active. In Hebrews 4 verse 2, just, uh, just to mention as we go into the word of the sower, it says that the, the word was not productive because it wasn't combined with faith. Okay, so you can hear the word this morning and be indifferent. Say, so, nice bloke, had a nice shirt, quite like the drama, I like the funny bits. Which, where were they? <laughs> but you're indifferent because you've got so many other philosophies, so many other world uh, concepts, that it's just an, one of all of those and you walk out and you never allow faith to combine with the word which produces fruit. Hello? The seed is intended to birth something else. So the word of God comes in as a seed because it wants to grow a tree of fruitfulness. But if you're hard-hearted, in other words, if it's got no soil to energize it, the enemy just says, oh, I'll have that, and eats it up. If you're just somebody who's here for a bit of a kind of a spiritual, you know, goosebump, and it's superficial, and you're not willing to allow the surgeon to come in and deal with you, ouch, then as soon as you get tested, there's no, the root hasn't been actually established. Is that clear for you? Yes. Yeah? Without go, I could do a whole sermon on this, but I'm just going quick. Okay? And the third one is, has this seed been planted, but actually your head's full of all manner of clutter to do with your life, to do with all the, the, the financial issues, to do with what you really want, which is fame uh, or reputation or all those other kind of life things, which actually seem like you can't find God in the middle of it all. And the, 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 although with the uh, seed does begin to grow, it gets choked and clenched, okay? Quenched, sorry. So finally, have you got a good and noble heart? Yeah, where, you see, Kathy, I know her. She wouldn't have walked out of the surgery, would you? My Kathy that I know from KPM, dear wife of, she's got such a good and noble heart. She wants Jesus. She's thirsty for Jesus. And she's an example for you. I'm sure there are many examples here, but I just know her and I've tested her heart. She decided when she was playing the character that if, that if she had to actually endure the scrutiny of God looking into your heart with the truth, that she would just say, you know what, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I'm out of here. How many Christians do that? How many times have I done that? How many times have we all done that? We'd rather just cuddle up, go, oh, I wish I wasn't, I wish I didn't do that, I wish I was, hadn't thought that, I wish I hadn't, yeah. But you know, this is the wonderful thing, that God's knife is clean. And there are various soul wounds in this room today that are still infested, I'm afraid, is the, is the powerful word. Maybe it's too strong a word, but you know this idea of a wound that has got dirt in it. Yeah? Poison. It, 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 it attracts false bodies that stop the, the healing, that interrupt the healing, that always stop that wound from fully closing. Yeah? That's what God wants to touch this morning. Are you ready? 
Have you got a good and noble heart to let him do that for you? He doesn't come to condemn you. He really doesn't come to condemn you, but he wants you to be healed. And he wants you to be free. So let's just, if you'll let me, for the remaining time, which is maybe 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, touch on some of those conditions of the heart that we heard Dr. Touch. <clears throat> just mention, uh, just looked at my notes there. Some of you, because um, you've been Bethelized a bit, haven't you? <laughs> uh, we'll have heard the word sozo. Yes. Okay. Right, it's not that I want to propagate and do a, do a, a adverse, advert uh, for, for anything. But in the parable of the sower, where it says that the enemy, the bird, came and snatched the seed, snatched the truth, snatched the word of God, it says he did it lest that heart could be saved. Lest that heart could be saved, rescued. And the word at that point is sozo. And what it means is, it's not just the word itself. The word itself means healed, delivered, and rescued, brought into a safe place. That's what God wants to do for you today. However, the tense of it, and you have to know a bit about languages, means that it has happened at some point in the past, and it is happening ongoing. So you have been healed, delivered, and made safe, but you are being healed, delivered, and made safe. So those of you who have walked with God all these years, let yourself be sozoed afresh, saved afresh, filled with joy afresh, set with a sense of freedom afresh. So, here we go. Hard. The first, the first heart over there was hard. Now, in a sense, we're all hard. We're all on the wayside path at first, before we come to Jesus. We've all walked without God. And there isn't initially, except by the pulling and drawing of the Holy Spirit, a place of faith. But I pray for all those that put their hands up who said they hadn't had an encounter yet with Jesus to come from the hard place and move into a place where there's some soil. Let yourself be touched by that which would energize faith. But you see, hardness can come to the ongoing Christian, as it said in the sketch, numbed by hurt and disappointment. It numbs us. If we let it. Now, there is a remedy in the sketch, which is to forgive and be forgiven. And you think, oh, I've heard all that before. But you know, the problem is, when we hear that whisper in our voice, it has started to become rebellion. Sorry, you're going to have to just let me be a bit harsh with you. I love you. But God said this morning, wield the sword. If you have got to that point where you're fed up even trying to forgive, 
I ask the Holy Spirit to touch that place because it is very close to rebellion. Because Jesus says you have to forgive 70 times 70 or 7 times 70, whichever translation you use. And because you have been forgiven in God, huge mercy. The unmerciful servant is a very graphic example. You have been forgiven endless, endless depths of disobedience. And Jesus paid for it once on the cross. So you, Holy Spirit, help that hard heart. You remember, I'm not talking to everybody, but let him touch you if you are that person I'm speaking to right now. If it's become that place where you're blaming God and you're saying, you don't even get why I can't forgive. That's you putting yourself in the place of God. That you're better than him. That you understand more than him. Repent. Let God release you to say, I choose to forgive. Now, it might be something that will come later, so let's push on quick. Shriveled. This one over here was shriveled. It was diminished. And that bit always makes me, my heart, touches my heart for that person over there. And it may be you this morning. Where you feel so neglected, so marginalised, so somehow insignificant. And words have done that to you. Doctor said, this one's to do with words, the lack of them or things spoken against it. Words are powerful. Think about it. Words have energy. So the perfect word of God is active to bring you healing. But where you've heard words that are predicated on lies, and they are lies, that word that said that you were rubbish, that you'd never make it, that you have done something which can't be forgiven... Where those words have been spoken to you, they are predicated on lies. Now, here is the key to this message. The Lord wants you to learn to discern the difference between truth and lies activated in your life. What has energy? What actually grips your heart? And are they Holy Spirit driven? Or are they driven by guilt and shame and unworthiness? So this darling here who feels completely rejected and unworthy, shriveled, malnourished. God says, I so love her or him. But she hasn't realized that she can receive it. Do you know that God loves you this morning? Do you know that you are the apple of his eye? Do you know that he has your worth so much that he's died for you to draw you into a relationship with him? Do you know that love would so renew you that you would discover what he's appointed over your life and it has significance? Male or female? Hallelujah. Broken. 
since a child even, he saw that one. Sometimes, you know, there's a level of brokenness that is so unfair, so despicable, and so devastating. This heart had adapted to its brokenness. You're so used to being broken. It happened so long ago that you've just lived with it. And you've put on a certain way of coping. But Jesus, you know, it's his speciality, this one. Nobody can touch this heart except Jesus. No one has the creative power to renew your heart. To put correct boundaries around your life again. To restore a sense of trust Whoever I'm speaking to, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to labor it, but God loves you and can and will heal you. It wasn't your fault. He's able to bring over that, your ability even to forgive, even to forgive, because that will set you free. Ha. Pete saw a cold and icy one over here. Oh, it's cold and icy. It looks like it doesn't even want anything. And yes, it, we've heard the empty laugh, the, the, uh, the pretense, yeah, that sense of um, ambition, trying to replace any truth. But underneath it is this raging ball of hot fire, which is so powerful that it's kept completely hidden. So all we see is a cold exterior. I know that sometimes, and I've even experienced it in my own life, where anger comes from nowhere. Anybody experience that? Yeah. Just suddenly bleeps out and goes, oh, gosh, sorry, I lost it. Where did that come from? And you know this, anger like that probably, almost definitely started for a good reason. The source of that anger that is in you, brother or sister, started because some injustice happened to you and you were angry. But what happens is that that's the source of a river. And because you never really confronted that anger, dealt with that anger, and ultimately forgave the source of that anger, because that is the thing that quenches the fire, it has a life of its own. So you keep on getting angry. And you'd sometimes you're so frightened of getting angry that you actually don't even let it breathe. You hold it in. If anybody's there, I know what it feels like. I've seen it operating. It's not a nice place. Jesus knows all about it. He wants you to learn to go back to the root, deal with whatever made you angry, even if it was in childhood, and touch it. You touch it, you deal with it by saying, what lie now keeps that door of anger open in my life? How do I go back to hearing the truth? Sometimes the Holy Spirit's amazing if you dare ask him that question. He'll give you a love for the person that hurt you. He'll enable you to go right back there. And, and part of your anger might be, where were you, God? Where were you when that happened? 
he'll tell you. And I'll tell you, he wasn't far away, but his heart was breaking for you and the situation. But he wants you to learn how to disarm the enemy in terms of feeding anger. And the bitterness one, sorry, this is terribly heavy. I beg your pardon. I'm just going to throw it, keep going, and uh, ask God to then, you know, give us ice cream or something. Uh, am I all right? Are you all right, guys? It's, it's not for everybody, all of it, so just, just take on board what you need to. Um, because bitterness is very similar, that, this one at the end here that stinks. Yeah, that's very similar to, to anger. But often it's um, much more hidden, much more uh, something which actually is operating in your life, even though you can't quite work out why it is. And again, it's got a root to it. It talks about the root of bitterness. Again, you have to go back to what it is that feeds that bitterness. But the enemy loves it. He loves a bitter person because it kills you. Because it's coming from the root. It's like bindweed. It touches everything in your life. If you experience bitterness, come and bring it to the Holy Spirit this morning. Ask him to teach you how to, again, stop it at its source. And if there's something that constantly comes to control you and make circumstances make you bitter again, it needs dealing with at the root of it. Rob the enemy, guys. Yeah. Come on. We want to be free of all this stuff. This is just human condition. This is just the, the uh, deeper essence or the realm of human living. And last of all, there was one right at the end where he, um, the surgeon said that he had um, worked with a heart the day before that had a tear mark on it. And this is that thing where, in life, sadly, we may have been beautifully latched to another heart. It's called love. And for whatever reason, it's been severed. And that is a very, very difficult thing in life, to stay in a place where you know that Father loves you, where you know that you've not been abandoned. It can happen through bereavement. It can happen through divorce. It can happen through any type of experience of even your parents divorcing or a sense of a parent leaving you. But that sense of, where's my daddy? Where's my brother? Where's my sister? That um, program on telly that Davida, what's her face, does? Davida McCall. When, when, lo, lo, what was it? Long lost family. Yeah. Oh, it makes me, I get, I've got a tissue box every time. Are you the same? I, I kind of love it, really. I don't, it's a bit sad of, of me to like that. But it, just because it touches that bit in us where, you know, just a, um, you know, a, a lad and his dad meet again having longed or a mum that abandoned a baby when she was when it was very when you know when it was very young and it broke her heart and she's lived the whole of her life in guilt yeah and they meet again and they're restored this is the healing that god wants for you Amen. things that lie deep yeah that he wants to touch again that clutter your sense of being whole in God. And so we had a quick look at this one over here, and I'm finishing with this. Quick look at this one here.
where Jesus had spoken life and faith had ignited. Very nice person, very nice person, but faith needed to be ignited to actually fulfill everything that God had intended for that person. And God's excited about that. I've got a, a purpose for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a purpose for you. A clear purpose on each of our lives. Yeah, purpose for you. Hallelujah. He's got purpose for you. And he knows you by name. And he's always known you. And your birth was not an accident. This is our God never change. What is it? He'll never give up. He'll never let me down. God is after you as a lover of passion to draw you to himself. And do you know what? He's provided the way. He hasn't left you as an orphan. He sent his own son who dealt with the very core of our rebellion. The very core of that which is in our hearts, which is disobedient to God and thinks God's irrelevant. But if God draws you, he'll humble your heart. That's what happened to me 30 years ago. 35 years ago. Whoa. 35 years ago, I was humbled. Over a period of about two years, I knocked on the door of, of heaven and said, Well, Jesus, who are you? Are you there? I did. Just like completely irreverently and with, not in a church setting. And over two years, God drew me little by little by little by little to himself until I knew that I needed to ask him to forgive me and to draw me to himself. And he washed me. The the week after I knelt down and asked Jesus to come into my life, he met me by his spirit. I was at St. Michael of Belfry's church in York. And Wes went forward to receive prayer. And he said, where are you up to, Dave? I said, well, last week I asked Jesus to forgive me my sins. He says, fantastic. He said, just hold your hands in an open attitude. And he spoke one prayer. He didn't even lay hands on me. He said, Father in heaven, thank you for Dave. Thank you that he's received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Now come, Holy Spirit. Bang. The Spirit just hit my hands, hit my head. It was like like, uh, electricity all around my chin. And then I remember it going down into my tummy with pure love. Pure love. And I knew I'd come home. Oh, all that striving that I'd done, all that wanting to be accepted seemed to melt away at that moment. And I kind of wandered around the streets of York like a drunk man thinking, what on earth has just happened? And that was literally... Last week, 35 years ago. And at my baptism, he gave me a picture. I don't know why I'm sharing this. didn't intend to. Uh, Mortown Baptist, we were. And uh, Janice was there at that time. Um, he gave me a picture of a, of a mustard, of that mustard tree. Tiny, tiny seed grows into a large tree into which birds can rest, yeah? That one. It's a picture that Jesus gives. And I'm saying to anybody here who has not received Jesus as Lord, 
Just ask him in. It's the tiny seed of faith that says, yes, Lord, I know that I've messed up this far, but I want you to transform me into a huge tree where I can become what I am destined to become. And it's only now, actually, in my life that I'm beginning to see the fullness of the tree. But I've endured for 35 years. I've kept going, feeding it with faith, feeding it with praise, feeding it with the word of God so that it's not shallow. It's the spirit and the word. You know that, don't you, in this church? You need both. You can't just have whoopity-woo and think that you'll stand when the, when the enemy comes to test you and tempt you. You need the word of God. But those who are fledglings, those who are young, come on, just Invite the seed in. Shall we stand? In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.